I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Frau Pow, we're your hosts, Odd and Rags. So today we're interviewing Misty Maven. Rags and I are super, super excited to have her in person in the studio. Um, she is one of the best roller derby skaters in women's flat track derby. As she shakes her head. As she now. shakes her head. But she absolutely is. Um, so she currently skates for Gotham Girls Roller Derby, which is the third best team in the world, which is amazing. Um, and she started skating in 2012 um, and, you know, started from scratch, um, which is very encouraging to me. <laughs> um, and now she is obviously a top level skater. Um, she's also a mental health advocate and she's very open about her experiences with depression, suicide attempts, self-harm, anorexia. Um, and we want to talk to her about Part of that probably not everything today it's a lot to cover well i want to talk to you guys too thank you for having me on i really appreciate it yeah, yeah of course um and we also just want to remind everyone that we recently um have been working with maven on her new project stop stigma um and we'll be discussing that a little bit today um but you can also check it out at stopstigmanow.com um i think this is also a good time to do the trigger warning so in this episode, we will be discussing topics such as suicide, disordered eating, and unhealthy exercise practices. Uh, please take care of yourself and listen if you are in a good emotional place. If not, please feel free to skip and move on to the next episode. Okay, so let's just start it off nice and easy. 
Tell us about yourself, Maven. Hi, my name is Maven. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got started skating with actually a renegade roller derby team back in 2012 when baby Maven was back in the day called Ellie Rambabe because I, I wanted to be really tough. And so I like liked Rambo. And then I was like, I'll be like Rambo, but Ram babe, because I'm also an Aries. So it's like Ram. I thought about it way too much. And I was like, but I'll be called Ellie because Ellie's a little like softer, like La Ram babe, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then that didn't quite work out. I ended up moving out of New Jersey, going into the city. So I couldn't go to Renegade anymore. And it's funny because at the time I had knew nothing about roller derby. I just like randomly through a friend dragged me to a practice because she thought she was going to get murdered in New Jersey. So she wanted protection slash, slash a getaway car, which I had. Um, so I ended up falling in love with it and I like couldn't skate. I had no idea. I had like hand me down skates and everything. I must have fallen like a bajillion times. Um, and it took me literally three months to learn how to skate backwards, like constant working for three months. It was crazy. Now I'm okay at it. I need to get better. But anyway, so I moved to New Jersey and then f I don't know. I moved to New York from New Jersey and found out, uh, kind of through that whole moving process that there was this other version of the sport called WIFTA where you wouldn't get punched in the face all the time and you wouldn't get kicked or like stabbed in the kidneys because that was a really good way to get people down. So I was like, guys, have you ever heard about, I was talking to my renegade teams, you heard there's another version called like WIFTA and there's rules and all this stuff. They're like, yeah, it's for pussies. <laughs> that sport's for pussies. And that and I am. Like, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's not fun at all. Why would you want to do that? Nobody kicks you. And I was like, and I was still the jammer, the renegade roller so I was the one getting my like ass handed to me every five seconds. I was like, me, I would like that version of the sport. I don't like being kicked. No, I mean, <laughs> I didn't either. But that was the only way for me to skate and be part of a team. Because before that, like I've had anxiety my whole life. And before that, I literally had like that one friend that dragged me to that practice. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And then all of a sudden through this team, I now had like 10 people who knew I existed and I was like this is cool I have kind of a little community here and like it's funny they'll they'll come to me and Facebook message me sometimes and like it's really amazing to have been there when you were falling on your ass and Ellie Lamb legs as they used to call me and now you're like Misty Maven and you you are a Gotham girl now and you did work hard and you did make it and so they it's really nice to every once in a while go back and like talk to them and see how they're doing. It's always a really good reminder to remind myself of where I started and mm. like how I couldn't skate. So whenever I get frustrated about like me plateauing or not getting any better, blah, 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 all these negative thoughts, you know, I, I just, you know, have to think back and be like, well, when you started, you were kicking people in the face. So you've, you've definitely <laughs> come a long way from that. So what's it like to be playing for one of the best teams in the world? It's awesome. Like totally like underlying. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's like privileged because I'm only where I am today because I managed to make it on the Gotham League and because I had access to amazing coaches and amazing skaters. And I worked my way up to the All-Star League and I was literally like thrown in with the wolves. And if you like don't get better, you're just going to like sink and like drown. Right. So like it's it's because you're surrounded by such talent you you can't help but like pick up the talent as well so mm. it's it's definitely I've got to where I am because of my teammates and because of my league which is absolutely amazing like yes I put in hard work and I'm a hard worker but if I put in this hard work with say like maybe a smaller league out 
somewhere else, it, I probably would not have gotten as far as quickly. So I'm always really humbled about that fact. But it's it's really overall, I think it's opened up a lot of doors for me. And it's I'm, I'm very privileged in the fact that I, I get to be seen a lot. It's easier for me to like to go out, to coach, to start a project like Stop Stigma. And I already have like a foot in the door with a lot of people because they already know me. So it's it's been an absolute privilege to skate with Gotham and it's, you know, been nothing short of amazing for me, both career wise, like roller derby career wise. And then like personally wise, cause it's such a large league. It's huge. It's absolutely mm-hmm. huge. So even if I like might not be buddy, buddy with someone on my team, I'm buddy buddies with like 20 other people on 20 other teams. So it's like really, really amazing. Um, and so speaking of stop stigma, um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to start it and what it is? So it started, I remember I actually looked back on this a little while ago, but November 1st, I publicly posted a Facebook uh, post about I was having like a super rough day. Like I was, you know, short history. I've been battling with anorexia for a really long time, technically hypergymnasia, which is anorexia. Plus you just like work out way more than you ever should. Um, and I've been battling it for like maybe two or three years. And so November 1st, I posted this big post about how I was having a really rough day and I felt like I was an an imposter and that all these people like, you know, Misty Maven, but Jennifer Dean is an actual human being, is a terrible person, you know, not actually this great person everyone thinks she is and how like I've gained a lot of weight since my anorexia. I went from like 115 to now I'm about 150. And so like obviously none of my clothes fit. And I remember I was trying on like, pants that I really like to wear and they just like wouldn't come on and I like broke down I was really upset and it just like launched this whole thing I Mm -hmm. like posted publicly on Facebook just to to not feel so alone in that moment and the like the sheer amount of support and love that I got on that one post was absolutely like I had people call me like immediately they've like emailed me asked me if they I needed to come over like it was just absolutely amazing which in itself was phenomenal but the the thing that really got my gears turning is so many people privately messaged me saying you're so brave for posting that I can't believe you would share your internal demons like that I can't believe you would post that on publicly I'm so proud of you and that's so brave and I wish I was as brave as you I wish I could do that I wish I had the you know the ability to share what I'm feeling because it's exactly the same. I felt like you were speaking for me in your in your post. And I, I was just thinking, I was like, that shouldn't be brave. Me posting who I truly am and, and how I truly feel should not be considered bravery. It should be considered normal that you're able to talk to and talk to people about your internal demons. It should not be something that we feel like we need to hide because hiding things equals embarrassment and equals shame. And that's like, that was a huge thing. Like fighting myself is fighting the shame of who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm learning, I'm not there yet, but I'm learning to not be ashamed of myself. And after thinking about it more and how, like, what can I do? I actually met you guys and you asked me because you saw that post obviously, and you wanted to have me come on board and talk on Frau Pau, which is amazing. This podcast is great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
and and after talking to you guys and learning that you know there is such a need for stuff like this there's such a need for people to to be okay with themselves or maybe not okay with themselves but okay enough to not have to be ashamed like mm-hmm. shame is not okay weren't wanting to work on yourself is totally fine but but being like ashamed and embarrassed of who you are yeah just or like being okay with not being okay and like being able to just like say that I think that's my biggest like right Right. Mm -hmm. like I'm not okay at the moment I'm working on it right but I will be I yeah stopping the stigmatism that us as a society have put on ourselves to to keep ourselves ourselves down and like almost wearing it with pride is like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I attempted suicide. I lived it. It's one of the hardest battles I have ever had to fight through, you know, and I've, and I've like, I wouldn't say beat it quite yet. I'm definitely winning the battle. It's not quite over, but like being able to be proud of that moment and wearing it openly, not only for myself as a method of healing, but then also for other people to see the sheer number of people that are struggling with this. And I, and I really wanted what I'm calling, um, awareness apparel for people to, to, hopefully everyone has some sort of awareness thing instead of getting like a permanent tattoo on your wrist or, you know, something else, a a way that on days you can wear the hat, you can wear the shirt, you can show like today I'm okay. You can talk to me. This is great. I'm proud of it. Cause there are some days when maybe you don't want to talk about it and then you don't have to wear the hat or the shirt. A tattoo is very permanent. So even on a day where maybe you're not okay to talk about it, people might still bring up the tattoo. So I kind of wanted a, a non-permanent way and a very visual way to show your pride, to stop the stigma, to stop the shame. And then also that way, like I have my partner who doesn't, he's, you know, he doesn't have mental illnesses, which is great. Could you imagine two of us in the same roof? (laughs) But, um, but he, you know, he's showing his support by wearing just stop stigma or I have a hat and a shirt that just says supportive, you know, with the semicolon in it. And it, and it's a way for people to show that they support the movement, they support these people, they're a safe person to talk to if you have problems instead of like getting something permanent like a tattoo. So it's 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 ever evolving. I've mm-hmm. had I've like had so many custom design requests for custom things and like the the products in the shop are ever expanding. So if you have any ideas, please let me know. It's I can do it no problem. And doesn't most of the proceeds after covering the initial cost it, it's getting donated and I think you posted something earlier today you're asking for ideas of where to donate it to. Yes. So do you have any like winning ideas at the moment? Yeah. So, um, as of right now, if after the holidays, I'm going to pool all the proceeds cause I'm hoping for a little bit more gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially after this podcast, hopefully we can spur a little bit more sales, but the profits, um, are going to go to charity and on Facebook. So I have a Facebook page and a Facebook private group. So the Facebook page is, uh, stop stigma now store. And then, uh, but more internally, I have a private group that's called the keep talking team. Cause really it's, it's about keeping this going, not having it just be a flash in the pan, but like keep talking and keep this being in the zeitgeist of things. 
So on there, I have the initial poll. I have like 20 or so different charities. So I'm going to mm-hmm. pick from that initial poll of 20, the top five that my keep talking team decides upon and then bring it to the the main group of people. As of right now, the leading winner is Project Semicolon, which is a great charity, like the semicolon idea where your story doesn't end with the with a period right keeps going with the semicolon is a really good idea so that's the winner as of now but i am going to bring like three to the main facebook group and the winner of that poll is going to get the proceeds right now it's definitely over a hundred dollars but i'm hoping to get to the two hundred dollar range um as as more orders come in hopefully for the holidays so go buy stuff from stuff sigma now i think it is yeah i'm I think I'm just like entering into a phase of my life where I've started to talk about it more. I think I've been like, I've slowly started opening up about my experiences. I think I've been pretty open about like, I have issues with anxiety, but I haven't really until pretty recently, like told people what that's like. And I think it is so important. Like I do have anxiety and it really, it sometimes interferes with my life, but it isn't defining who I am. Like, and also it doesn't mean that I'm not okay. Like I recognize that I have, hopefully have a like chemical imbalance and it just is like, it's just my hormones like being imbalanced and like it will be fine and it will pass. And like, I don't need to be like, taken care of necessarily I just need you to support me and I think that was my biggest thing is that people tend to immediately go into problem solving mode and it's like that makes me not want to that's me I mean that's totally me (laughs) totally me but I've learned like through this like that that's not what that person needs it like it makes me feel more like a burden Mm -hmm. and less like I want to talk about it when you stop everything you're doing and you want to ask me if I'm okay. And then you like, like are sort of overcompensating and like continuing to check in. It like drives me crazy. Like (laughs) I am okay. And I, I know you're coming from a good place, but like that is what makes people feel like a burden on top of like all the other stuff. I think so. My partner and I have a really good system for that because, you know, a lot of people feel the same way as I don't want to burden you with my problems. One, we need to realize that we're not a burden, that people mm-hmm. actually want yeah. to help us and that's OK. But my partner and I have come up with a with a good system. It requires it requires trust. But basically, he is allowed to at any moment in time, ask me what I'm feeling if I'm mad at him for anything And, uh, like, are you okay? Do you need me? And I, my promise to him is I will forever and always be truthful. So if I'm mad at him, I have to be truthful and tell him I'm mad at him. I might not tell him what I'm mad about. (laughs) I have to be honest and tell him like, yes, I'm actually really frustrated with you. And then that opens a conversation. And then I Mm -hmm. end up talking about you said you would do this and then you didn't. He's like, oh man, I'm totally sorry. Let me make up for it. So that starts the conversation there with honesty. But then also he will will ask me like if I have a panic attack or like a really bad depressive episode and I'm home alone, he'd be like, do you need me there? Are you okay? And 
my promise to him is I will always answer honestly. So I'll answer honestly, like, yeah, I'm okay. Or a few times I said, no, I'm not okay. I need you to come home. And mm-hmm. he will be there, be home no matter what, right? So I can have my like crazy depressive rant episode, whatever it is. But if he asks me that question and I can do a deep check and be like, yeah, I'll be okay. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Just let me like cry in a corner for a few hours. But ultimately yeah. I know I'm going to yeah. be fine, you know, mm-hmm. and that he, and then it relaxes him too. And he doesn't feel like the need exactly they're like oh my god she might kill herself if i'm right. not home you know like yeah. because he has that trust with me and i have that trust right. with him mm-hmm. that was that like mm-hmm. that was our issue that it like immediately became like oh my gosh like you're like it's like crisis mode mm-hmm. you know like you're gonna hurt yourself or something bad is gonna happen and i'm not gonna be there and i think just starting to talk about in my anxiety Um, And what it looks like, I think, has helped, like, my friends and my family and my partner especially, like, know what that looks like and know where that spectrum is. But also, like, you're saying, like, asking, like, do you need my help? And if I say no, like, they're like, okay, like, that's not personal Mm -hmm. that it's like gonna resolve itself right yeah we're all just sitting here nodding mm-hmm. our heads because mm-hmm. we're all think you're all thinking about the moments that you've had you're mm-hmm. like yep i've been there i've done that this has happened you know and it's and we've and that's big reason why i wanted to start this movement because we've all been there or know someone who's been there and n- not i mean people are talking about it but for me it's not enough especially yeah. like i a lot of like um mothers come to me where they're like stay at home moms and they like don't really have work. They don't have a work community. They just kind of do roller derby on the side. And the moms feel like they don't want to talk to their husbands or they don't want to talk to their kids about things because they're Mm -hmm. the strong ones, right? Yeah. They're the mom that's tying together the entire family. Should she break down, the family breaks down and it's really scary for them to admit that they have a problem and they're ashamed that they have this problem. And I and I think like and I would hope that the family or the husband or whatever wouldn't is not or the wife, you know, would not leave them would just support them even more. And I really want people to see that, that they need to fight their own stigma and realize that by getting help and admitting that like, yes, I need help sometimes it'll just make your life easier and not harder. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my hope. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I have a, a an anecdote my own personal anecdote um, back in college, it was brought to my attention that like, hmm, maybe you should go see a therapist. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm definitely not experiencing depression. And now looking back at it, I was 125,000% experiencing depression. Um, and 
I was in a relationship where like you wouldn't communicate any of these feelings, not whatsoever, whether it's the anxiety or the depression or whatever, like he didn't want to hear it whatsoever. And at the time I had only a few friends that I would confide in. Uh, one of them we've interviewed joy and the other one is my now fiance. And it was, it was through them too that I, I started actually vocalizing my emotions and my feelings. And they were the ones that pushed me to go to therapy. And they were the ones that were there whenever, you know, shit hit the fan. Like I had a family crisis and I lost both my grandparents and, you know, I had this huge like family crisis because like we lost our matriarch and our patriarch and they were the ones that were there every step of the way, even though I had a partner at the time, he was nowhere to be seen. And it was because of these two people who got me talking that I am where I am today. And a lot of times in conversations in the car, I attribute Chrissy and Joy and what they've done for me to the reason why we have a podcast now, because without them, I would never have started talking about anything. And it was, I've only been seeing a therapist for like, I've only been seeing the same therapist for like a year now, but now I'm at the point where I was having a really rough day and my partner was busy at work. I picked up the phone and I called Joy and for an hour we just talked and she got me out of my head. And it's like, if you asked me to do that two years ago, it wouldn't have happened. And I don't know why this is, but as human beings, I feel like a lot of us are really good at remembering the negative oh, yeah. and not really the positive. So it's something that I don't do, but I really want to start doing is the thing is like every day writing down, like we're literally putting in physical form something positive in my life or something I really like. or So then you can go back and and read upon those things because you, you forget a lot of the positive stuff. And you, I, that's like odds worst me. nightmare. That's why we're doing a podcast and not a blog. I mean, <laughs> so my, my therapist was like, you should like do a gratitude journal mm-hmm. and just like record like one good thing or one like thing you're grateful for because I also hate journaling. So she was like, let's like baby step <laughs> into it. And then like I get too anxious. <laughs> Like thinking about what is good and then like I'm like well I don't want to I don't want to like read this and like be like that was so stupid when I look back at this in a year it just like is a whole I mean obviously it's a right symptom of something greater but yeah no I want to be able to do that because I think there is some use in it but also it is my worst nightmare (laughs) well baby steps one of my worst nightmares is eating in a restaurant alone for some (gasps) reason like it's a huge because it it Oh, basically I did that puts today. all good. That scares the shit out of me. It puts like all my fears in once, which is one eating, telling, ordering at a restaurant is super scary for me for some reason. Um, and being alone, like basically backstory my whole life through pretty much high school. I literally had no friends. I was like the social pariah growing up. Like people threw shit at me cause they <gasps> like made fun of me so hard. I was like, I would have to eat at the detention table because nobody else wanted to sit with me. So then I actually, like, looking back on it, I'm like, huh, my eating habits and anxieties developed back then because then I wouldn't eat lunch. And I would just sit in the corner of the detention table and people would throw stuff at me saying, like, you're going to eat today, ghost? And, like, they call me the ghost because I was really pale. I didn't go outside much. But anyway, so, like, all throughout school, I had literally, like, not even the uncool friend or uncool kids would hang out with me. It was, like just me and like my only friend in school is like the guidance counselor which is a whole nother thing I remember like I wrote like a suicidal note and like I gave it to him and I didn't think it was a suicidal note but then like it kind of like just 
went crazy from there and then I had to see all these therapists and stuff and I didn't even think it was and now looking back on it it totally was but like I was so delusional about everything going on around me but anyway backtrack I talk a lot so my worst nightmare is eating alone at a restaurant because it brings up a lot of those anxiety and fears mm-hmm. and I feel like everyone's looking at me wanting to make fun of me oh god she's alone she has no friends like look how much she's eating right now and it's just like yeah I'm getting anxiety thinking about it. So anyway, that's something that I need to conquer. And the problem with that is I don't really see baby steps in that. I guess I could like eat at a roach coach cart and then like take it away. (laughs) I'm at a level now where I can at least talk about it. Um, So, you know, like talking about suicide is like really heavy and like people tend to sort of jump into action when people start talking about it, which is the reason I still have trouble talking about it. So how do you go about like trying to change that and talking about it yourself? Well, first off, like we mentioned, it's heavily stigmatized, right? Which comes, the stigma of anything comes from a lack of education and a lack of knowledge. And for some people, it's a lack of wanting to learn, especially about something as finite as suicide. But I will say first and foremost, just because someone is talking about it doesn't mean they're going to do it right then and there. If anything, if they're talking about it, that's an amazing sign and you should encourage it. You should encourage the openness and not be like, that's it. I'm shutting down. You got to go to therapist right now. Like that's probably what I mean, everybody's different, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. Everyone has different needs. I am not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. But as someone who does contemplate suicide, and I think about it a lot, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do it, like, the second we get off this podcast, right? There are a lot of steps between, like, thinking about it and actually doing it. And I think that people just assume that it's like like a... like express ticket. Right. And it's and it's not, you know, like and even I've actually attempted it twice and I've had a lot of like kind of what I call attention seeking times instead because I because there are steps like you said in between the actual attempt and and kind of what I need in between and unfortunately Mm -hmm. for me for those two times I didn't have any support or anybody to hear me when I was leading up to that point. I had no one to talk to and I didn't know I could reach out to talk to anybody. I was very alone in, in those, I would say at about a year, it was like a year of loneliness and not being able to talk to anybody because I was ashamed and I was, I felt the stigma of like, Oh, well I can't talk about this. Right. Like, because people will instantly throw me in the hospital if, if I start talking about this. So I was scared to, to be thrown into like, inpatient therapy at a hospital if I mention that hey I'm having suicidal thoughts like I still have that stigma on myself every once in a while if like you know especially if I meet someone who's not a close friend and they're like how was your weekend I was like oh I spent all day thinking about suicide I'm not gonna say that you know like Mm -hmm. and it's but you know my hope is is that I get to a level where I'm comfortable enough to say like you know I had a kind of a rough weekend you know and if and if they're a good friend or if they if they want to hear more I'm like oh tell me about that I'm sorry it was so rough like it's not such a shocking instant like oh my god something is seriously wrong with you if you said like yeah you know I'm I'm the fight's really real this week you know like I'm not gonna happen I'm not I'm not gonna do it but I was thinking about how life is really really hard and sometimes I feel like it would be easier if I just didn't exist yeah you know like 
doesn't mean I'm going to do it. It just, I would love to be able, it's very freeing to be able to talk about that. And it's, and it's a huge breath of relief. You know, like I think about how much easier my life would be if I just didn't have to think anymore. If I didn't have to hear that brain or Mm -hmm. that voice in my head constantly yelling me how worthless I am, it'd be so much easier if it would just shut up. And the only way I know to make it shut up is if I just like sleep forever. Um, And I know it's depressing and it's not the best thing to talk about, but that's the whole reason why I want to stop, stop stigma or I I already started it, but how, why Mm -hmm. I like want to keep perpetuating it, making it bigger is, is to make those conversations less heavy less depressive, mm-hmm. right. more freeing, more of the positive motions about talking rather than the instant like, cause I was put in a hospital. Like I told after the attempt number one, I, I was put in a hospital for like two weeks and nobody visited me. It was a terrible experience. Like people in the hospital were like inappropriately touching me and it was just like absolutely horrendous. So I did everything in my power to get out. Mm -hmm. So, and then if anything, I just got really good at hiding it more so I wouldn't have to go back. So I got even worse about stigma and even worse about hiding it, which led up to round number two of my suicide attempt. And then after that failed, like it was, you know, and I shouldn't say it was a failure. That was really wrong of me to say that. But like in the moment it felt like, God, you even fucked this up, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, I was like, something's got to change. Like something's got to give. And I've worked really hard personally to try to, to figure out how to change my thoughts incrementally. And it's, and you know, it's a long time coming and it's still not there, but it's definitely getting there. And at least, at least I'm at a point where I feel way more comfortable talking about it. And it's helping so much. It's like a giant snowball effect for my illness. Like just opening up a little bit has now cascaded and I have the healthiest I have ever been in years. And I, mm-hmm. I really think it's because I'm just being more open about it to literally the world now. And, and I, and I want, I'm trying to lead by example and to show people at least through my problems and my mental illnesses that being open and talking about it has has really like catapulted me into healthiness, which is great. I think like I just I'm I'm going back to what we were talking about before with the like, you know, you in the quiet, like those like sort of voices in your head get really loud. And so for me, I think like voicing saying like, so this is the way I'm feeling. Like if I didn't wake up tomorrow, I would like, that feels like a good thought to me right now. Like that takes the pressure off. It takes that voice away so that somebody else, <clears throat> sorry, I'm not crying. I just gotta, <laughs> <laughs> was crying earlier anyway. Um, but you know, it takes like the pressure off and it like helps take that voice out of my head and it feels like it makes the steps like in between like talking like in between like ideation um to like an actual attempt like a lot further away um like I have thought about suicide like since elementary school and I've never attempted but like that is like something that people should know. And like, Mm -hmm. we should talk about that. Like it's a thought that crosses my mind like very regularly. Mm -hmm. And even just saying that now, like feels like such a relief. Like it's not uncommon. Like people should talk about it and like talk about like before 
people start planning, I think is mm-hmm. the real issue. Because you talk about it and then they see that there are other options, right? Exactly. There are other options. There are people like in my case, I just felt alone and I didn't want to fight these wars on my right. own because it's fucking exhausting. And I was like, there's no point. There's no point in me fighting every day for what? Why am I doing this? And so by talking, reaching out and and seeing these people and hearing these people and their struggles and how, you know, in some weird way I can inspire them to do other things just by telling them like on that November 1st post, it was literally just literally like the whole thing was like, I'm sorry, I failed the masses. And they're like, are you kidding me? You're like my favorite person. And I'm like, well, that's stupid, but okay. (laughs) You know, like it was, it was a really big opener to me. And that's just because I opened my mouth and I, and I talked about how I was feeling and you know, it, it changed my life just in that, in that moment. So everyone who reached out, called me, commented, tell me to come over or hang out with me. Like from the bottom of my heart, you have changed my life. So thank you. Thanks for listening. We are so excited to have Maven here and she actually wants to give a quick shout out to her lovely awareness apparel. So again, it's stopstigmanow.com. Yes, there's products in the store, but there's also personal stories of people's struggles and fights with mental illness. Please respect them and respect their bravery. Go take a listen. If you have a story you would like to share, there is a submission um, link on the website from that My Stop Stigma Story page that you can go check out. You can always just email me at mistymaven at gmail.com. So it's M-I-S-S-T-E-A-M-A-V-E-N at gmail.com. It's my roller derby name. And yeah, I'm open to talk about anything and everything. So email me, Facebook message me, find me on Instagram, whatever you want to do. I am here for you guys. Also, since it's the holidays, just friendly shout out reminder check on your friends check on your family even if they seem strong even if it's like the mom tying everyone together like really sit down check in with them because a lot of times they feel like a burden right and they're like everything's fine everything's totally fine and sometimes it's not and just putting that extra step forward be like even if things aren't okay you can always come to me. You can always talk to me. Like, show your friends, show your family that they're not alone and they're not burdens and that you are there for them and you support them in any way, especially during the holidays where a lot of personal stuff comes up. Definitely. Thank you for offering that. Thank you. I will definitely be back. You guys are great. This podcast is great. You all are fantastic. Aww, thank I want to be back. Piggybacking off of what Maven said, when you do your submit story on her website you have the option to also share your information with us at frau pow um and it's totally up to you if you want to share your story just click on that and maven will send your information to us and we'll reach out and we would love to have your stories be heard um and we can arrange all of that as it happens uh Otherwise, you can find us also on Facebook and Instagram at Frau Pal Podcast. You can email us at fraupalpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions and you want to get in contact with Maven and you totally forgot what her email is and you don't <laughs> want to rewind the episode, just reach out to us and we'll connect you. Totally fine. Uh, otherwise, don't, don't be a dick. dick.